So they let me back. And oh, by the way, has anybody turned the alarm off? Can we turn the alarm off before I get started? <laughs> Thank you. Someone didn't like my preaching last time. So I'm going to talk to you about the forgotten S. There's a forgotten S in success. We haven't all forgotten it. Sometimes we apply it in different ways, but we don't necessarily, I think as a culture right now, recognize the need for this hidden S. And so I want to talk to you about today. Now, and before we get started, I do want to pray specifically around being able to speak and hearing because I have gotten a lot of resistance personally on this uh, at a level that is not very common you know, so, so because of that, I think part of it is because what I'm talking about is bucking up against culture in a huge way. And so if you could pray with me about being able to hear this and being able to give this, okay? So God, I thank you so much for what you are doing right now in this room, that you love us so much, that you are in the process of always moving us into identity. You're equipping us, you're speaking to us, you're working with us. You're patient with us. You're loving your kindness. So God, give me a mouth that's able to speak what you're saying. Let my heart be responsive to what you're doing, what you're speaking, so that you can have your way. God, give us ears to hear and give you permission to speak to us so that we can receive what you actually want for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So so last week... Uh, Dwayne was talking about our ability to win. Like, God's done everything that he needs to do on his part for us to be successful and to win, right? So there is nothing that the enemy can do to keep you from winning. But I want to talk to you about our part in that. Because there, there are some six things that need to happen for success to happen, okay? And so I want to talk about that. And it's interesting because as, as he started talking to me about this, um, I started seeing that, that the, the relationship between success in the natural world speaks to us about success in the spiritual realm. And, and, and as I'm, I'm, I'm like unpacking this with him, he's talking to me about it, and I'm feeling after him, I'm hearing, and I'm just going through this process that I go through, it occurred to me that probably more accurately, the way we experience success here in the natural realm actually speaks to the way success is designed in the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? So, like, give you an example. You know, uh, Jesus, uh, and when God was speaking in the Old Testament, you, he would do, have references to, to metaphors, right? So, you give us a metaphor like a, a family, right? And, and Jesus is like the son, right? God's father, right? He talks about the church being the bride, and the church being the wife, right? And these are like metaphoric in nature because they, they, they speak to us in our reality, right? But the reason why they speak to us is because there are truths in heaven about how this relationships work, how things work. And so he actually designed things here so that he can speak about them there. Does that make sense? Hope so. Because sometimes, you know, I get confused talking to myself. So I want to I bring you to uh, the same scripture uh, Dwayne was using that he launched off from last week, which is 2 Timothy 1 and 7. But I'm going to use a different version this time just because I want to show you something. And it says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of love 
and a sound mind. Now, the version he used last week actually used, it interpreted that last one as self-discipline. This one interprets it as sound mind. There's another version that interprets it as wise discretion. And so I was curious about that. So, you know, me, I'll look it up in the Greek. And so I'm looking it up, and it's like, oh, wow, this is, it's like a word that we really don't have a word for. And if you combine those three, you would kind of get a sense for what this word means. And it really is talking about a way of operating, the way the, way the mind works, right? So God has given us a spirit, right? Not a fear, but this spirit, we have power, we have love, we have a mind that is sound, that is wise, that from that place, self-control operates, because it's just the way we're designed to think when his spirit is operating in us the way it's designed to operate in us. Now, I want to take that and I want to carry this through the whole thing because this is really a way of seeing that I'm talking about. So let's look at, let's look at what is required for success just in the natural world. What's required for success in a family? What are the parents, what's required of them for a family to be healthy productive, to do what it's designed to do? What about a business? What's required, if you were going to start a business right now, what would be required of you to find success in a business? Let's do something completely different. What about an artist? Let's say you have this amazing ability to produce art. Pick something, painting, sculpture, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it requires something for you to be a successful artist. See, because you, you can have the businessman in you, or businesswoman, right? You can have that person in you, but for you to experience success, something has to happen that comes out of you. The same with the artist. It's more than just having art inside. It's what it takes to express it on the outside and to be successful at it. A family, even much more. Does anybody know what that is? There's a common denominator in all three. It's sacrifice. Now, all the women are like, yes. Right? So give me the first point. See, he gives us a spirit of sacrifice. Now, I'm actually referring to that first scripture. Because all the things that power, love, and a sound mind make up are entailed in the way we're designed to operate in sacrifice. Now, we think of sacrifice as a word that is synonymous with pain. You follow me? Most people think of it that way, especially in our culture today. Most people don't think of sacrifice as a vehicle by which opportunity is created into reality. Right? So, I'll give you a good example. I can relate to some of the millennials today, okay? I'm not bragging on millennials. Trust me, I'm not. Because when you hear my story, you're like, I was a pre-millennial millennial. I was, actually, I was like the last year of the old generation. I was the last year. I could have fit in both sides. So because of a series of events that happened as I was younger, you know, in, in, my, in my grade school, middle school, high school, right, I ended up at the age of 17 going on 18. I was a high school dropout and a couch potato. I was really good at, um, how would you put it, uh, testing and marketing pharmaceuticals. (laughs) 
But I wasn't successful. I wasn't like successful at it, right? My mom, she's probably listening to this right now, right? She, she, she was wondering if I was ever going to get off the couch and leave the house, you know, because I made several attempts at a job. I was like, literally, I was a clown, literally, at parties, right? I, I did Chuck E. Cheese for a while, hated that job. Those kids were relentless, you know? So I had this series of jobs that I would go out and do, but I had no skills at, like, people and understanding what it takes to be successful in a job, in a business, or anything. I just, like, I had nothing. Fortunately for me, the Army still took high school dropouts. Okay? I needed the Army because it taught me something I never discovered before. One, I was actually good at school. I literally thought I was lousy in school. Right? And so because, because it changed the way I, I you know, and it didn't give me a choice really, right? It changed the way I operated. I started seeing way in ways that I hadn't seen before. And in some ways, that's what I'm trying to do with you today. I'm trying to help you see something that you probably haven't seen because I'm going to ask you a question right now. Have you experienced fulfillment and joy the way the Bible talks about it in your walk. Everybody else hear the crickets? There's a reason why. Part of it is the culture today is like the way I was agreeing. Like, 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 so as parents, even as parents, I, we do the best we can, right? We do the best we can, right? I, I understand that. So I'm not knocking anybody. But as a culture, do you realize that we've actually put more investment in kids' thinking that if they know a bunch of stuff, they're going to be successful in life? We sent them to high school so they can go to college, right? How many kids have gone to college now, they come out of college, and they're still not learning how to be successful? You know what college doesn't teach them other than sacrificing for, to do pass a test? It's how to sacrifice to build something other than a test. Because it's not a knowledge issue. It's a way of seeing of what it means to put into something and how it is designed to grow from what you put into it. Because what, 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 what are the three things that you put into as a parent if you're going to have a family? You're going to put your time in, and it's going to be a lot of time. Right? You're going to put your, 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 your talent in, everything you can bring to the table that makes it work, you're going to bring it, right? And you're going to put your resources in. And it's going to be a lot of resources. Every single one of those three examples of a job, a business, or art takes the same thing. If you're going to be a successful artist, you're going to bring your time. You're, no, it's going to be a lot of it. You're going to bring all the talent you can bear, and it's going to cost you something because no one's going to give you money up front. You're going to put it in. Same with the business. Anybody who's started a business knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's why it's easier to get a job and go work for as an employee. That's why that's easy, because it's hard starting a business comparatively to being an employee. But I want you to know something. You're designed for success. Because why? Because you've been given a spirit 
of power, of love, and a sound mind that's designed to operate in such a way that you understand how sacrifice actually works. So, so he gives us this spirit of sacrifice. And I want to use the example of a mother. Right, so I, and I gave this example uh, yesterday, and I, I want to, and I was thinking about it some more. And I, can you imagine, right? Imagine a young lady who never was told how babies were made. Right, no clue. Right, and she's now she's 18 years old. That's the age we pick now, right? She's 18 years old. She gets married, and just before she's about ready to go down the aisle, her mom explains to her how to have babies. You know what she's going to do? Are you kidding me? Who would do that? Right? Having a baby is like crazy if you think about it. Guys are like, I agree with you, Sean, but I ain't saying nothing because my wife is like right here. Right? It's crazy. I had one, one lady explain to me, it's like pooping a bowling ball. Who would volunteer for that? And not only that, then you get to stay up almost every single night for months, unless you're extremely one of those lucky parents, you know, right? And it's going to cost you most everything you have. But how many of you who are mothers would be like, of course you'd do that? Why? Because it, it just, there's something about it. So does a mother actually look at it as a sacrifice? No. Why not? Because it's worth it. She has a heart in her that is designed to sacrifice so that becomes a reality. It's the way she sees. You following me? I got all the women in the room. The men might be still catching up with me. Okay. Now, when I'm talking about this, my wife, when she first married me, would never use the word selfless in my name in the same sentence. I'm just being real. That's probably one of the reasons why it's so hard for me to hear this, right? Because even today, I still struggle with, like, I only have so many resources. I only have so much time that's quality. You know, I only have so many, I just don't need, you know, and, and emotionally, I get drained right? I get drained emotionally. I'm not one of these people. You get me around a bunch of people, I get energized. I'll get energized for a while, then all of a sudden be like sucking the energy right out of me. And those that are like that know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, give me peace and quiet now. You know, I need to recharge by quiet time, quiet. Kids, be quiet. Everybody stop talking. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, so some of us, we struggle with different aspects of this, that can, that, that can work against us being who we're actually designed to be, right? So some of it could be the way we're built, the way we grew up. Some of it could be like our belief systems that we, we've grown up with. You know, there could be events that have happened that, that just were traumatic to us. And, like, and we, when we gave, we, we, it was so painful when we gave that, well, just stop doing that. That's just painful. Selflessness is painful, right? That happens, so there, there's, there can be a lot of reasons why we e equate sacrifice with pain. But what if that's the problem? What if the problem is what we believe about it? 
What if that's not what Jesus is actually trying to move us into? That what if the spirit that he's given us is a spirit that knows, that can learn, I'm, hear me, can learn how to be like a mother? Just a thought. The church is the mother. <laughs> Who are you? The church. <laughs> Include you guys too, right? Because the analogy that Jesus gave is like we are his bride. Brides have babies, baby's mother. Again, it includes the guys too. Our success, so he's, he's literally given us, when he's given us the spirit, he's given us this fantastic ability to operate. He's given us the spirit of sacrifice. Now, I want to unpack that a little bit more. Oh, before I do, there's a point I want to make. I want you to notice something, that it's directly related to love. Okay, so he's given you a spirit of power and of love. Let's focus on the love just for a second. Would you say that the greater amount of love a person has the greater amount of sacrifice they naturally step into. Right? If you're questioning that at all, you're like, oh, does that compute? Hmm. Uh, I, like, I'll give you an example. Like, I, I had this Aunt Mabel growing up, right? It would be weird for a person to say, oh, my Aunt Mabel is so loving. I just wish she wouldn't be so selfish. You're like, well, that's an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense, Right? reason why is like selflessness and love have a synonymous relationship. The more I'm able to love, the more selfless I'll be. Just the way it is. So when, when, when the Scripture is telling me like you've been given a spirit of love, it also means you've been given a spirit of selflessness. There's an ability for you to operate at a high level of love that isn't like draining, that isn't painful. They're directly related. In fact, let me say a confrontational statement. If I have a problem with selflessness, I have a problem with love. Just let that settle for a second. If you're struggling in your relationships, if you ask the other person, do you feel like I operate well in love? And their response is, well, I don't really feel love from you all the time. Then your response internally might be, I wonder if I'm selfish. I wonder if I'm not willing to put time in, my ability into learning how to be better at that relationship, right? Because that is a talent, I can tell you from experience, right? That, I, that maybe I'm not putting the resources in that I can so the person knows that they're loved. You see what I'm saying? So point number two. And just so you know, Dwayne helped me with these points because I had notes that were just like... Blah, 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 blah. We get together on Friday and you know, he's like, this is what I'm hearing. Duck, duck, duck. And I go, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, man. You're awesome. And he said, it'll be nice for those people that need notes. You know? So point number two, sacrifice b brings fulfillment and unity. 
See, the problem isn't what is being asked of us. The problem is what we believe about what's being asked of us. If I was to say it another way, the problem is why we believe it's important. Sacrifice is how you get fulfillment. And I'm going to show you, it's also how you get unity. Okay? So let's go back to the mother. What is the most satisfying moment when it comes to children? I've looked at my wife's face when my child was born, and he, for the first time, looked at him. The fulfillment in her face of it was worth it was so obvious. Anybody who has worked hard at something and they've invested in it and it paid off, the fulfillment level is high. This is what I also know. If it doesn't cost you anything, it isn't worth anything to you. It's not only true in the natural, it is true in the spiritual. If we want God to be pie in the sky, let me open my mouth, here, give me everything I need, and think that I'm going to grow from that, it's not going to happen. See, he does that when I'm a baby. Why? Because baby needs to be fed, because they don't know how to feed themselves, right? They don't have to do anything. So if you're a baby Christian, there's no guilt here, right? It's normal for you to be like, okay, God, I need to feel you right now, because I don't know what to do. And he's born, he shows up, and you're like, oh, God, my God's awesome, right? And you feel it, and you're like, you have an experience with God, and something, it just pumps you up, and you see what you didn't see before. And he, but he also starts calling you to more. See, that's, the, that's where the sacrifice comes in, because he's talking to us about what he wants us to step into, and it's not what he's asking us that's the issue. It's what we believe about it that's the issue. Our response to him is the point at which we struggle. Because any point at which it starts costing us, then we start, well, that was that really God? I don't know if God would ask, ask that of me. You know, because I really have all these great reasons why. He would never really ask that of me. And I know so-and-so says, no, he doesn't do that. So-and-so does, says, yeah, he does that. In other words, like, no, I think I'll go with this guy. I like him better. You following me? I know none of you did that, right? I do that every once in a while. I'll catch myself. I'm like, stop. Stop the train. God, what are you saying? Because everybody else's opinion doesn't matter. The single most important opinion is his. So our fulfillment comes through sacrifice. But unity also comes through sacrifice. Okay, so, more accurately, I would say unity comes through selflessness, okay? So, just follow me on this. If I split this group down in half, boom, everybody over here, all this group over here, you guys came together, right? And we're gonna, we're, what we're going to do is we are going to do something absolutely amazing. Right? We are going to start a ministry right, where it is going to affect, and our goal is to affect 
hundreds of people. So we're, we're going to, and so we're going to, we got to figure out what that is though. Okay. And everybody in this group had their own opinion. You know, I think we should do it this way. Uh, well, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do this. Well, that's too much work. Right. And, and you have a problem with being selfish. Okay. Now kind of just run that through your brain for a minute. Right. Okay. And this group over here, you guys don't have a problem with selfishness. You guys are just like selfless. Like, hey, okay, what are we doing? Who's leading? Okay, I'm going to follow you. Hey, and whatever you say, we'll, we'll go that way with it as long as we can we come. Okay, yeah, we got some agreement on Okay, let's go. Because I'm not, I don't need to get my way. I don't, my opinion isn't the most important opinion, right? Because, God, what, ooh, what's God saying about this? Yeah, God's saying this. Okay, let's go that direction. Now, which group do you think has unity? Yes, right? I want to be in this group. You guys are killing me. You're right. You know, you've been, you've been there. You've been in that meeting before. You walk out of the meeting, you're like, oh my gosh, that was painful. My eyes hurt. My ears hurt. My brain hurts. I'm going to go home and cry. I got to be with these people for another nine months. You following me? See, you, unity is a direct result of selflessness. Now, how much does God value unity? How about this? I'll ask you the question, how much does Jesus value unity? Could, could this be like really, really important? Like on a scale of one to ten, how important is unity? Right, I got a scripture for that. Hold on, let me read the scripture. You guys, if you've heard me preach it, I bring this one. He keeps bringing this back to me, so I keep saying it. This is John 17. This is Jesus praying, right? Not just for the apostles. Now he's praying for you. My prayer is not for them alone. Talking about the apostles, so now he's praying for you. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Think about his glory what it took for that to manifest. That they may be one even as we are one. Think about that. He's, he literally said here, this is like the red letter stuff, right? He said that you are designed to be one. We are designed to be one with him the same way he was with the Father. That's what he just said. Because either that or it was just a lousy prayer. He was praying for something completely impossible. He had no expectation of it, and he just needed to fill up the page a little more. You follow me? I'm pretty sure he's like, this is like hugely important. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then, then, after the unity, then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you've loved me. Did you catch that? See, it's not selfless, selflessness is not in there directly. Indirectly, it is in there. Because we operate in selflessness, that's the only way we're going to get to unity. Unity is going to be the thing that people are going to go, wow, God is real. And God's in those people. Why? Because unity is like crazy difficult for humans to do. It just is. God will show up when there's unity. 
So think about this. Did Jesus freely give his time? Did Jesus freely give his talent, his ability, away? Did Jesus freely give his resources? Was there anything left for him to give? And what did he accomplish? The most powerful, the most loving thing on the planet. That brings me to my next point. Now, did you bring it up yet? Don't bring it up yet. Just hold on just a second. Now, when they bring this up, do not fall out of your seat, okay? It's not sacrilegious. I am not going to be hit by lightning. Just, just a warning up front. And if, if you really have a heartburn with it, he's the one that said it. <laughs> okay, bring it up. Ooh, man, whoa. Seriously? Okay, so let's go right into the scripture on this one because we need to go right to the book, right? <laughs> Philippians 2. It's a little bit longer reading. And this is going to actually wrap in a bow everything I'm talking about. If you have gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. See the focus there? Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Now, here's the kicker right here. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Now, he's, there's a, there is a reality, there's a truth in here we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to show you that you might not have ever seen before. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to think of yourself the way Jesus thought of himself. And how did he think of himself? He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to those advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless life, obedient life, and then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death, a crucifixion. See, I'm not saying that you have the equal status with God. I'm saying you have equal status with the man, Jesus Christ. And that when he restored you back to Adam's place, he was the second Adam. He was the example of what that's like. And he's basically saying in this scripture, he's saying, you're designed to be like Jesus. Do what he did. He is the example of how you're designed to operate. Why? Because you're like him. I don't have to protect myself.
we'll come back to that. In fact, I'm going to close on that thought. So one thing I want you to recognize, that as sons, sacrifice with purpose is what it's all about. You're designed to sacrifice with purpose. As you do the purpose you were designed to do, as you be you the way he sees you and calls you and has, is trying to get you to manifest as you, that purpose has huge dividends that it'll play in the kingdom. The fulfillment that you'll experience is because it's worth it. You will experience the value of you being you. The sacrifice will not be seen as a sacrifice. It'll be seen as a blessing, as an investment to receive what the kingdom is designed to receive and only you can do. Sons, sons know how to steward. I'm going to close. Sons know how to steward. You're in the process of becoming sons. This is where I could use that music right now. It's getting really deep. Stewardship is about understanding how to allocate time, talent, and resources. That's what stewards do, right? Slaves, right, they take their time, which is not their own, and they use the resources that are given them, and whatever ability that their leader, master, whatever you want to call it, right, says, hey, I want you to do this. But they're not invested in the outcome not like a steward. See, and, and, and the steward thing came up several times in Scripture. Jesus used that a lot because it represents the way a son thinks. I know we struggle today with teaching our children how to be stewards. I know we struggle as parents to recognize the importance that they know how to steward in the house because they're going to have a house one day. They need to know how to steward their time. They need to know how to steward their talents and their resources for the betterment of the house that they're growing up in, and they need to be able to do that for the house that they're coming into. And one of the re greatest reasons why our children are ill-prepared is because we've never taught them, and because we've never taught them is because we really don't understand the benefit of it. And the reason why we are stuck oftentimes in our spiritual stewardship and our spiritual sonship is not paying off the way it's designed to is because we don't understand this some men understand how to do it in work, but they don't know how to do it in relationships. Some women know how to do it in childbearing, but they don't know how to do it in relationships. There's so many aspects of us being us that he wants to teach us. But do you realize you are free to say no to him anytime you want? And as a culture, we are really good at saying no to God. We've gotten so good at it that as a culture, we agree with each other saying no to God. Seriously, we do. And I'm saying it that way on purpose because literally I'm trying to go, don't you see this? When we sit around and we agree, yeah, that's too much. 
we shouldn't invest that much time in church. We shouldn't invest that much time in giving. We shouldn't invest that much time in, in doing. You know, and, and it just comes out of us automatically. It's like, Poof. don't ask me that. And we never even ask God. We never consider what God thinks about it for us. You know why? Because we don't understand it's a process. He's not telling us because he needs our resources. He's not telling us because he needs us our time. He doesn't need you. You're not that impressive, honestly. He wants you. He wants you to be a son. He wants you to discover what it's like for you to be you. Because when you be you and you be the son that you're designed to be and you learn how to steward, the kingdom is going to grow. And you're going to find your place in fulfillment. You're going to find what the power of unity. You're going to find what it means to sow something and it produce in heaven a reality that is going to shake the world. The most, the most powerful thing on the planet is the church. And it's the least effective right now. The reason why is because we don't know this. When we learn this, when we submit to this, when we are willing to, to let God teach us, even if we feel like it's painful, it'll work. There's three things I'm going to challenge you with. And I understand this is not a, yay, Sean, we love your message today. I completely agree with that. If I was you, I wouldn't want to hear it either. Honestly. There's a part of me that would be like, if you don't tell me, then I don't have to know. So I'm going to say this, and I hope you can hear this. Every single one of you are called to be like Jesus. And we, we like the sound of that, but it scares the tar out of us. You know why? You know why that really scares us deep down inside? Because we know there's a responsibility that goes along with that. We've done it the wrong way oftentimes. Some of you have tried to serve in a church and you've got burnt. You've got burnt out. Okay? I'm going to give you an example. My wife, she didn't, I'm surprising with her, but she doesn't surprise her, I'm sure. My wife is a very giving person, right? But she actually struggled with giving so much of herself, her time, her resources, and everything, that she got burnt on it. Do you know why? Because she never asked God if she was supposed to be doing that. See, the secret to success on this is, God, what am I supposed to be focusing on? How am I supposed to focus on it? When am I supposed to focus on it? What are you teaching me from this? What do you want to talk to me about after I get through with it? And when things go sideways and you're like, I'm not happy right now. Not feeling much joy. That's when the conversation is the most important. This is a discipleship program between you and heaven. Right? We, we talk about discipleship this way, and, and, and there, is, there is that aspect, but it is not more important than you hearing his voice. That's why we keep talking about it. So I'm telling you, you can have success in this. You can have success in this. You can have success in this. You are designed to have success in this. This is the biggest thing you can focus on. There's nothing more important. 
If you're, I'm assuming, okay, if I'm wrong, you feel free to correct me, right? But I'm assuming if you're like in this house sitting in these seats, you probably care about Jesus and you're like, I want to follow Jesus, right? That, that's basically why you're here. But everything that's keeping you, that, that, the, the, the way you believe that's keeping you from actually stepping into this, you need to examine that. I'm going to ask three things of you. All right? Join a small group. If your response to is, oh my gosh, a small group, are you kidding? It's going to be painful. You need to join a small group. That's exactly why you need to join a small group. <laughs> you are the first one that needs to join a small group. You need to know how to steward your time, your talent, your resources in relationships with other people. You need to learn to be you. I can tell you, I've, I've talked about it before up here. It's a big deal. It, it changed my life. Serve. Find somewhere to serve. Either in a small group serving in the community or a serve team in this house. You need to be serving. If you're not serving somebody else, there's a word for that. We just talked about it, if, if you didn't catch that one. We need to learn how to do that. But it's not for the point of learning how to do it so you can do it. It's learning how to do it so you can do it right. So that you can actually learn, discover what it's like to feel the joy that you're designed to feel of having babies. You're designed to be able to process things in a way and says, ah, oh, that you're, the, the spirit of power the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind is actually operating in you and you're experiencing the joy of serving. That's what you're designed for. Find some place to serve. The third thing I'm going to say is you do not want to hear this one, probably more than the other two. You need to tithe. Okay? I'm not going to be nice about this. I'm not going to be that. Now, I'm not talking to the visitors. I am not talking to the babies directly. Babies, you need to start hearing God in this. For you that have been in the house for a long time, I, I really am going to ask you to question your motives. I'm going to go back to the kids. And I wasn't, I wasn't, he, he started talking to me about this early on. I wasn't sure. I did not think I was going to go here, but I, I'm just like, you need to go here. I'm like, oh, huh. so understand, I am not doing this willingly. I do not like, like when I say this, I do not like this. If your kids were sitting on the couch and they're 25 years old and they are not contributing to your house, would you think that was okay? Just in the natural. I'm just talking about natural. I'm not even talking about in the spiritual. They got spiritual problems, obviously. But in the natural, there's something wrong with that. Everything around you costs somebody something. Nothing you see, nothing, not me preaching, not them singing, not the carpet, not the chairs, not, not the ministry that goes on, the leadership development, the, the equip classes, everything we do costs somebody something. Somebody's, they're, they're, they're giving away their time, talent, and resources for that reality. But do you have a personal culture that you just ignore that and you're like, oh, that's not, that there's nothing there and you don't even see it? Because if you don't see that that's a problem, you need to talk to him about that. And now, understand, I don't want you to feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just don't know how to say this in a way that'll make you feel good. 
You know what I'm saying? Who wants to hear this? Okay, but remember, this is the couch potato saying this. Okay, I am the one telling you, the one who used to sit on the couch and, and look at my mom and like, what's for dinner? After she's been working all day. Right? She's busting her tail, single mom. And I'm just like, okay, man, you're awesome, mom. Feel free to give me anything else I want. There's something wrong with that on a natural level. Okay, and if, it's, if there's something wrong on the natural level, what's going on on the spiritual level? See, there's a reason why, there's a reason why the Bible talks about tithing. He's like, try me in this. Would you please, please test me in this. Test me in this. Please test me. Test me. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. If you'll test me, would you please test me? Okay, I can tell you, it will blow your mind when you finally get the revelation that resources are not an issue. Whatever the reason why you think tithing is a problem, because I am getting the look from some of you guys. I Seriously. And you can, you can throw daggers at me all you want. I, I, want, I want you to know, because one of the things that's going through some of your mind right now is you think I'm get, like, I get paid based off of how much money. Okay? I get a stipend from this house because I'm an elder. I preach, don't preach, doesn't say. If everybody in this room tomorrow started tithing, everybody, it wouldn't change for me. I get nothing. I have no motivation personally for this other than I care about you. I'm tired of seeing you not becoming full of joy and full of peace and full of identity that makes you fulfilled and just who you are. All of these things deal with unity. Because when I have a heart to give to the house, when I have a heart to serve in the house, when I have a heart to give my time, talent, and resources, why? I care about the outcome of this house. I am invested in this house to be successful. And it's not about that, like the church, not about the building. It's about like us, us, you. Dwayne, did, I, I, I'm going to give you a little insight on Dwayne. I need to stop talking, right? But I'll give you a little insight on Dwayne. I know Dwayne. I've been walking with him for a while. It took me a long time to really kind of understand what's going on and why he does what he does, right? He doesn't do this because he thinks it's a great job. He is constrained, constrained to do this. In the preaching I'm doing right now, I am constrained to do this. He is not asking me my opinion. He's not asking your opinion. He's pretty sure his opinion is correct. He's pretty sure he knows exactly what you need to become you. He, I am, he is sure he knows exactly how to help you see what you have not seen. He knows how to help just you blossom to become the person full of joy, full of peace, walking in power, your mind being sound, having self-discipline, being wise, he knows exactly how to get you there. All it takes is a willingness to ask and follow. With that being said, just close your eyes. The prayer team can come up, but I'm not asking you to come up to the prayer team unless you feel like you want someone to join with you in something specific, right? I'm asking you 
just to open up a hearing right now. So God, you know me. You know the roadblocks. You know the pains. You know everything that hurts inside of me. The stuff that no one else knows about and the reasons why I do what I do and the reasons why I don't do things. God, I ask you, I, I actually, God, I give you permission to talk to me about that. I want to be healed. I want to be set free. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. And if anything this preacher talked about today, I got tweaked on, I felt was difficult, that's what I want you to lead me into. I want you to lead me into the hardest things, the things that I can't overcome by myself. Just spend some time listening.